My name is Dominique Drew, and this is The Art of Attraction, the premier podcast to elevate your relationships, your life, and yourself. I'm your host, Dominique Drew, an intuitive, a spiritual guide, and a seasoned expert in men's relationship coaching. I've used the methods in this podcast to completely transform my own life and relationships, and now, high performers in every industry hire me to help them do the same. Here, you will learn how to solve the issues in your inner world which keep you from real fulfillment, deep intimacy, freedom, and authenticity. Welcome to the next stage of your evolution. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Art of Attraction with Domini Drew. I'm so glad that you joined me today. Thank you so much. I have a great show lined up for you today. We are continuing on our journey of the five personality patterns. We are at number three this week, which is the enduring pattern. And this was a favorite of mine growing up. So uh, if you were in last week and you you saw um, me get all emotional because I was I was finding these... Um, I was having these realizations about things that I experienced when I was young um, that fit into a pattern that I hadn't even realized. And this is me 15 years into this work. So there's always more, there's always more growth to do, but that does not mean that you won't hit a kind of plateau where you can be happy. So I hear, you know, the spiritual types talk a lot about, oh, well, I'm not really anywhere yet. I just, you know, I, I um I'm always, I'm always learning. There's always more to do. And of course, that is pretty accurate, right? I mean, you can hit enlightenment and I think at that point there's probably not much else to do. But but generally, you know, of course there 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 pretty much is. However, I don't want you to hear that and think, "Oh god, is this fucking endless?" Because it's not. Okay? It does not have to be. Um yes, you can always become better, but man, like my life used to be a huge fucking struggle and it's not anymore. It is light and joyful and effortless and successful and the success is effortless and all sorts of shit, which, you know, had I not known, um, you know, had I, <laughs> we're not saying it, you know, 10 years ago, I would have said that's, that's not me. Okay. So massive transformation is possible in this work and you do get to a plateau where, I mean, it doesn't need to be a plateau, but you do get to a place where you're not uh, struggling so much or over everything, right? The drama's gone and the, the you know, voices in your head are gone and um, the insecurities are dialed way, way, way down or gone. And, you know, and, and I'm not enlightened, you know? I've had moments. I have experienced it for moments, but I'm not in that, you know, Eckhart Tolle, um, sad guru type of space, right? personally. And so I can still, you know, since my my life is still so much better. So please don't think this needs to be an endless struggle. Um, Although it's funny that I'm saying that because that's fairly uh, indicative of the enduring pattern. So I'm already starting to to channel that, (laughs) that personality pattern a bit. So if this is your first time joining me, my name is Domini Drew. By all means, welcome. Um, I really specialize in helping people see how they're holding themselves back from what they want. 
Now, this is this podcast is called The Art of Attraction, and I have um, focused my work a lot uh, with men and dating in the past. My process has not changed. I've just really started working with other people. So I work with women now. I work with a lot of people who have no interest in relationships or are already in relationships, and they don't, that's not what they want to work on. And so the the as I said, the work is the same. So before, when a, a single man would come to me and say, "Hey, you know, I always get rejected by women," that's a pattern. Right, that's something that you you want to uh, you want to clear. My specialty is in patterns, so I was focusing. So I was okay, great. Here's what's blocking you from that. Here's how you're sabotaging yourself from what it is that you want, which in that situation is a is a partnership, but it may not be a partnership. Right, I have people who have called, who have um, uh, who work with me who had stage fright and and a huge desire to be on stage, and this, this anxiety kept him from having the life that he wanted, which was actually as a big time musician. And so, and within a few weeks of working with me, he was able to get up on stage. He was able to feel joyful and, and he's playful and he's making eye contact with women in the, in the audience, which was really difficult. And so all of these things, they, they all have the same root, right? You only have one problem and that is subconscious self-sabotage right? There is something that you are doing without even realizing it. There's no blame. There's no judgment here. There's no, oh my God, it's not my fault. It's not about that. Okay. If if you're going there, then observe. There's judgment in that, right? It's not a fault thing. It's a, hmm, I wonder what I'm doing that's attracting this to me. That's why it's the art of attraction. Why am I attracting, continuously attracting experiences that I do not want? Let's find out. So, this week, we are working with Stephen Kessler's book, uh, The Five Personality Patterns. And I, I started doing this randomly, I think, uh, a few months ago, um, where I just, uh, or a few weeks ago, I guess, where I just, I saw this book and he happens to teach the exact same structure that, that I learned. So I haven't actually even read this book yet. I just opened it to the, to the chapter and I'm, and I'm um, sort of explaining this as we go through. So this is exactly the work that I learned and I taught um, for all those years. Um, and he just has a really great way of putting it. It's really simple and straightforward. So I thought, okay, great. I'll be able to, uh, to promote him a little bit. And, um, and it's also, it's a, it's a great clear platform for me to teach. So we're looking at the five personality patterns. Five personality patterns are the structures, the shape that your um, energy and your defenses and your, um, your mental state, your physical body, okay, your whole system takes. And it has to do with uh, when you were, when you experienced a kind of wounding at an early age. So everyone experiences a, a trauma or a wounding at a young age, just about always between zero and seven. Now, you may not be able to think of that trauma. Don't worry about it. It's not conscious. It may, you may not remember it. You may have had a golden childhood. That's wonderful. It still happened to you. There's no human alive who it did not happen to unless they woke up in a, unless they were born in a state of enlightenment and have been there their whole life. Okay. But if you are a, um, a human at the moment, then you, uh, you have experienced this. And so this is the third personality pattern. It's called the enduring pattern. When I learned this, uh, it was called the masochist. Okay. The masochistic pattern. Because this pattern would rather hurt itself than act clearly outward. Okay. And so 
Uh, and so what it does is it starts to fester and resentment builds and because they're still angry, right? There's a, it's a lot of anger around it, but they're holding the anger in because at some point when they were young, it wasn't safe to release it, okay? This is the third personality pattern because it's the third um, earliest stage, right? Chronologically from birth older. It's the third stage of development where this these woundings can occur. And this one is around um, autonomy, okay? It tends to happen around toilet, cha- toilet training <clears throat> because um, uh, going to the potty is the first thing you do as an autonomous being, right? When you're, when you're young. So about, about when you're a toddler or so, okay? So uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and, and, and dive in. And this I really like because on this first page here, I've just glanced at this first page uh, right as I was signing on and he's got a, a great description of this from someone who uh, experiences this pattern and what it's like for them. So we'll see if you resonate, okay? Now, everybody does all five of these patterns, but you'll have one that you prefer. You'll have one that's your favorite, okay? So, um, and this may be it or this may not, but just see what you can resonate with it and what you can take in and the rest you can let go. It's not resonating in the moment. So, so the enduring pattern or the masochist, the statement he puts is you can't make me leave me alone. This is all about resistance. This particular, um, pattern is okay. The defense strategy is to hunker down by pulling their energy in. Okay, and resisting. By stopping all internal movement and action, enduring pattern people become able to tolerate almost anything. All their energy goes into resisting and they become impossible to budge from their silent stance of, you can't make me. But this constant resistance also makes it hard for them to move their own energy to act or express themselves and makes them feel slow and heavy inside. Sorry, hair is bothering me. <clears throat> they hide by sending their energy down into the ground, but then get stuck there. Okay, so there's a real heaviness to the masochist. Remember, this is your whole human system. So your physical body carries this. My physical body used to be very much heavier. Okay. When I worked on this, and I couldn't lose weight to save my life, did not matter what I did. I was like a teen, I was like one of those teens that was like obsessed with like diet pills and caffeine pills and like just fucking any, any quick, um, quick fix, right? Obviously none of which worked, but I also tried working out a huge amount and that didn't work either. So these patterns, these thought and belief patterns are much more powerful than your physical action. So what I did was I kept working at this work, kept processing, kept processing, kept processing because the enduring pattern was my primary. And I cleared that pattern. And when I did, the weight fell off my body. It fell off. I couldn't keep it on if I'd wanted to, right? And I naturally wanted to do all the things that made me healthy. Suddenly I wanted to go to the gym. I never wanted to go to the gym. I was like one of those people who was like, that's ridiculous. And whatever snarky comments I made about it. I was also much more snarky back then. I'm still pretty snarky, but it was very, but before, but before, but now I'm like snarky and it's, and it's, it's, it's funny. And before it was funny, but it was also mean because I had uh, negativity behind it. So I have a very dry sense of humor. I will make jokes about very, you know, inappropriate things. Not inappropriate in the sense that in an inappropriate setting, but, but just, um, but, you know, 
things that are, you know, harsh or, or whatever. And I find that, I find that amusing. That's all fine. But before there was real negativity and unhappiness and self-hatred behind it. And so my words came out with an edge. And so the sense of humor was, was quite different. So a little sidebar there. So he says, one enduring patterned person described it this way. See if this resonates for you. I am heavy. Life is a heavy coat over me and it gets heavier and heavier throughout the day. The things to do list grows longer and longer, but I cannot move. I'm stuck in thick molasses. I push and struggle, but barely move. I push harder and harder, but I can't move. Finally, I see that I am holding myself back. I have poured the molasses. I realize I can drain it, so I open the spigot. It starts to drain slowly, very slowly. I want to hope things will get better. I continue to struggle, but it is slow, so slow. I fall asleep from the struggle. I wake up. I have on a heavy coat. I am in a vat of molasses. I struggle. You feel that shit? Ugh. So, the gifts of the enduring pattern, okay? He says, as a person uses any of the patterns, he continuously practices the skills required to make it work. Over time, he becomes exceptionally proficient in those particular skills. As he heals the wounds that created the pattern and becomes able to shift his attention out of the pattern and back to presence, the abilities he has acquired stay with him and become the gifts of the pattern. Now he is able to employ his exceptional abilities to employ his exceptional abilities as he responds to the needs of the present moment. Okay, even though some of the physical structures remain in his body, he has shifted out of the pattern survival defense and into the gifts of the pattern. Okay, so pattern, the pattern here is defensive. It is not who you are. It is something you're doing because you think you need to. Okay, and you really think you need to. That's okay. All right. When you were a child, it was very important, helped you to survive. And here you are having survived. Okay, so it's important to, to, you know, if there's any blame, oh, I can't believe I do that. Well, let's be easy there, okay? Your system is incredibly sacred and far more wise and intentional than you can possibly comprehend, no matter how much personal development work you have done. In fact, if you've done a shit ton of personal development work, then the one thing you probably can comprehend is how little you can comprehend of how intentional and, uh, and sacred, you know, your, your, your system is, okay? And that's what you tend to get after it. So the gifts of the enduring pattern include a deeply grounded strength. At their best, enduring pattern people are embodied, stable, and steady. They have to have those core qualities, otherwise they wouldn't be able to endure, right? They have more capacity than those in other patterns to hold a grounded space for themselves and others. Now, if you're someone who listened to the episode a few weeks ago about who, uh, about people who are afraid of life, the ones who jump out of their body and there's real fear and life isn't safe, right? This is the opposite, right? These people, they're naturally grounded. So if you're one of those people that saw that, heard that episode and was like, oh my God, that's me. Then, you know, think about how, how different it is to be in this type of body and structure, right? Um, They have a deep, intuitive connection with the earth and may sometimes seem to resemble a mountain in their depth and silent strength. 
At their best, their bodies and psyches exude a quiet strength and stamina, the kind of presence that people refer to as the strong silent type. That's an interesting connection. I haven't heard that made before. They are also masters of space. This is important. They are very aware of their own personal space and whether it isn't being invaded or respected. Okay? When in the gifts of the pattern versus the defense, they are able to hold their own space and also hold space for others. Oh, so that's something that I do very naturally. I'd never thought of that as a gift of this, um, of this uh, pattern. That's great. Good awareness on his part. Um, of all the survival patterns, they put the highest importance on respecting others' space and will not invade their space or impose on them. Now, this is really important because the reason they do that is because that wounding was caused by invasion. So the enduring pattern is caused by one parent invading the autonomy, not allowing the autonomy of the child, okay? So like the helicopter parents, right? The moms who come in and are like, oh, here, let me get that for you. Here, honey, just put your thing, just put your thing. What are you you doing over there? What's your hand? And they're always in their space. They're like invasive, right? What they're trying to do is create an adult that can stand on their own, but they won't let go enough to give them, to let them find their balance, right? There's patience, uh, tolerant quality. They have fantastic hearts. They're very loving, loving, loving people. Very sweet. Um, patient, tolerant, uh, it says quiet here. I haven't found that slow in making decisions, but once they've chosen, they're committed to their choice. Okay. Um, (laughs) this is good. So, so here's examples from popular culture. I haven't seen this before. I must've missed this in the other patterns. Examples are Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) <laughs> he was very heavy, right? Wasn't he always sort of like a little bit down? Kind of like, yeah, I guess so, you guys. That's that's the, the masculist, right? Charlie Brown in the Peanuts comic strip. Hagrid in the Harry Potter series. Samwise Gamgee in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> George Costanza in Seinfeld. And Michael Caine's character in the film Secondhand Lions, which I haven't seen. Alternate, alternate names are the masochist. That's what I said. That's how I learned it. Burdened, the endurer, the overmanaged child. There's the helicopter. And the defeated child. Okay. So. So the origins. Okay. So while the main difficulty for the merging pattern people, which is what we did last week, the oral, is with taking in and receiving nourishment from the world around you, the main difficulty for enduring pattern people is with putting out, with expressing the self in thoughts, feelings, and actions. As toddlers and children, their attempts to act and do things for themselves in their own way and on their own schedule were thwarted and often punished, so they came to doubt their right to act. So take a breath and look for where you may feel that way. When do you doubt your right to act? Even when we're young, I love when this stuff comes around. Um, So this is is, um, referential to what I was saying when we first got on the call. Even when we're young, our bodies have their own rhythms and they know what they want and when they want it. 
Ideally, our parents are able to support us in becoming aware of our needs and rhythms by letting us express ourselves and by allowing us to do things in our own way and in our own time. However, the parents or environment of a child who develops the enduring pattern were not able to be so attuned and accepting of his rhythms and self-expression. Instead, they were intrusive and over-controlling. Okay, so these are the parents who couldn't let give their spa- their kid enough space to follow their own pace, their own speed, their own timing, okay? And they made it their timing instead. No, 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 you're not hungry. It's, you just ate. That has nothing to do with it. If I'm hungry, then I'm hungry, right? Those two things don't need to be related. Just because you don't understand why I'm hungry doesn't make me not hungry, right? Instead, this is, I'm just, I'm just like one sentence ahead of this book. This is great. Uh, Instead of accommodating his natural rhythms, they forced him to accommodate their rhythms, right? Instead of respecting his personal space and body, they invaded and controlled it, treating him as one of their possessions rather than as a separate human being. So you can hear in that how they take the autonomy. They, they, um, they, they uh, refuse to honor this kid's being, right? And maskists are notoriously sensitive, okay? They're highly sensitive beings. So they can feel this very acutely. Remember that each child has his own sen- level of sensitivity to each kind of difficulty and what feels deeply wounding to one child may hardly be noticed by another. Some say that we are each most sensitive to the difficulties that help us learn whether we need to learn whatever we need to learn to accomplish our life purpose. So the process by which a child develops any survival pattern is not a one-way street. It's not a story of simply being the victim of cruel and brutal parents, although sometimes it seems so. It may also be seen as a collaboration in which both parents and child learn through their experiences whatever they are trying to learn. So that's sort of the larger perspective here right? An even larger perspective is your kids incarnated to, to have you as parents, you incarnated to have your parents as parents. So, you know, there, there's again, a level of intentionality that's very um, significant here. So the wounding that creates the survival pattern begins about the age of two, because that's the time the child enters a new developmental stage, a stage focused on the development of autonomy and a separate self child begins the process of psychological separation from the mother and begins to want to do things for himself his own way. He discovers the word no, here's the terrible twos, right? And the power it holds to show that he is different from his parents. He delights in saying no just to feel that amazing power in his body. Oh my God, I'm a thing. I can do whatever I want. That's a really important developmental stage. If you skip that phase, this is what results. Or if you're, you know, that phase gets, gets damaged, right? So <clears throat> the battle of wills is how he describes it. And there's, here you go, terrible twos. His self-expression also changes. Before he was simply expressing needs, whether for food, love, or something else. Now he's expressing his needs. In his psyche, a small, fragile sense of self has emerged and each expression has become an expression of that self. Feel how delicate that is. Each, each expression is an expression of that self. 
If his self-expressions are allowed and reflected back to him by his parents, he can begin to see himself in that mirror. He can begin the arduous process of sorting out me from you and and discovering that this is me. He can begin to develop self-awareness. So this is a really important part of becoming a human, right? <laughs> and that's the next sentence. This is the crucial this is a crucial step in any child's development. Mm-hmm. Okay. So suppose the little boy is pounding his fist on the floor in frustration and mom says, you look angry. The little boy puts the word and the feeling together and learns to refer to that feeling as anger, perhaps even my anger. He has gotten a clear reflection and has learned something accurate about himself. On the other hand, if mom says, you stop that at once, no child of mine will behave like that. The little boy doesn't learn what it was he felt, only that it was somehow bad. The reflection is distorted. So the little boy doesn't know himself any better and now he actually fears a part of himself. So the main part of this trauma, of this resulting survival pattern is that um, you, you learn to discount yourself, right? My feelings are not okay, right? And your feelings are like the single most natural thing about you. Like that is an incredibly authentic part of life. Um, and it's really essential that that, um, that that be, be formed. If you can't express who you are, if you can't express your emotions in a, in a healthy way, it's really, really, really damaging. Okay. It's one thing that a lot of people come to me for, um, uh, for, for sessions, either in group or individual sessions, because they, they aren't in touch with their feelings. I don't know how I feel about that. Or they intellectualize their feelings or they just reject them entirely, or they're afraid of them. Oh, if I feel feelings, then I'll just feel feelings forever. And I will never come into balance. All of those things are just fears. None of them are accurate. So if any of that resonates with you, please do reach out, even just to have, you know, an, an intro call with me and, uh, and, and, and see where it is that you're holding yourself back because the, the resistance of your emotions is the source of a lot of problems that may not even seem related, success, money, love, sex, um, fulfillment, connection to self, fear, anxiety, depression. These are all things that, um, that spout from, that result from uh, distorted relationship with your emotions or not feeling like you can express your emotions in a healthy way. Um, Suppose on another uh, occasion, he announces, I hate my brother. And mom replies, and why do you hate your brother, sweetie? Now, two things have happened. First, mom has accepted his statement, I hate my brother, which validates his feelings. Secondly, he's been asked why. So maybe he puts his feelings and thoughts into words and understands them better. Maybe he discovers why he hates his brother right now and mom helped him, helps him feel better about it and the hatred dissolves. Maybe the hatred doesn't dissolve, but at least he knows more clearly what he feels. But I suppose instead, mom responds by saying, you don't hate your brother, sweetie. You love your brother. Now he's confused. This doesn't feel like love, but mom says that it's love. He, now he's not sure what he feels. He only knows that mom says he feels. Mom's view of him has been substituted for his own experience of himself. Okay? So... So this is really important. The example that they... 
um, the example that they gave in the school where I went to is like, you know, your little kid comes up and he's like, look, mommy, look, mommy, I drew a, uh, I drew a kitty cat. And you show the picture and you go, oh, that's so sweet, but it looks more like a bunny, honey. It's just a bunny, but it's the best bunny in the whole world. Kid made a fucking kitty cat. It probably doesn't look like fucking anything. Kids are terrible at art. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's just awful, right? <laughs> it's a great, <laughs> it's a great line uh, in 30 Rock about that where she looks and she's, she's this, this like crayon drawing from this five-year-old and she goes, this is terrible. <laughs> you should be, are your parents concerned? This is terrible. Kid's like five. Um, anyway, so, so, um, so what you're doing is you're invalidating the kid. You keep invalidating, you keep invalidating, even if it's super well-intentioned. And then pretty soon the kid has no fucking clue who he is anymore, right? So eventually he concludes, I can't win, okay? So here's a defensive action. So when he's punished and shamed for acts of self-expression or for attempting to separate and assert his autonomy, he, he'll keep struggling against control, right? Over and over he fights until he collapses in exhaustion, but he doesn't do any good because he's a kid and he's fighting against a parent. There's no way, right? So he never wins because fighting only brings back harsher punishment, right? So eventually he concludes, I can't win. And then a change occurs. His attention shifts from how do I win to how do I avoid losing? And in one last act of autonomy, he turns his own will inward to suppress his impulse to act and fight. He defeats himself. If he cannot prevent his defeat, he can at least be the one who causes it. So he direct, so can you see how that's like, okay, at least that's like a control, right? Well, at least I control this, right? Like, um, you know how sometimes women will like cut their hair after like a long relationship and, and it ends and they just like, there's something about like sort of clearing out and being like kind of getting your control back, getting your power back. This is similar. If he cannot prevent his defeat, he can at least be the one who causes it. So he directs all of his force inward and downwards, pressing and hiding his self and his reactions, burying his self where it cannot be found or hurt. I'm going to say that again. He directs all of his force inward and downward, suppressing and hiding his self and his reactions, burying his self where it cannot be found or hurt. Now he's stuck. He cannot initiate anything. He has the will to stop, but not the will to move. The will to hold energy in, but not to put it out. Now his expression of his own will has been reduced to either compliance or resistance to his parents' will. So you see there the birth of the resistance. This is why resistance is the main preference of this uh, pattern. On the outside, he complies because he has to, because... Um, resistance is futile, right? But inside, he secretly resists. So his compliance gets laced with sabotage. Sabotage of those who would control him and even sabotage of himself. One of my clients, he says, described it like this. Mom said, I own you and everything you do. I will not forgive. I swore an oath to never surrender. My only weapon is to hurt myself, to disappoint her. This is my prison. Can you feel that shit? That is legit. That is legit. 
And that's what it feels like. It feels like a fucking prison. So, so they begin to identify themselves not as the one who does, but as the one who resists and refuses. Okay, so no, because it's like they get stuck in their no. Oh, that makes sense, doesn't it? So the wounding happens during the, 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 the period where no is a really essential phase of development for you, right? And so you get in that, that stage of development gets messed up, right? It gets um, it, um, interrupted, right? Or a little a wounding happens around it. And so then they get stuck in the no. So then everything's a no. It's just like an inner, like, crossing your arms and like, just try and make me, right? So what were the words at the very beginning um, that he put the, the statement of this, um, the statement of this pattern? You can't make me, leave me alone, right? So this is kind of like hunkering down and, and weathering the storm, right? Um, and so this tends to add extra energy to the lower half of the body, which tends to give this people, uh, give people with this pattern heavy hips and thighs. So if you're pear-shaped, this is likely your defensive pattern. Um, they tend to be, because their energy is sort of like held, the, their bodies tend to be tight, but not like tight and fit. Um, they can either be really soft or, or, or hard, but, but large, right? Like, a, like inflated because of all this armoring of this no, like they're wearing their no. We wear our everything, right? So if everything you're saying is no, that's what it's going to look like outside. And the way that shows up in this pattern is with, um, uh, with padding, right? Armoring, defensive armoring. And so for me, this was the story I was telling in the beginning, right? I lost all that weight because I let go of, of the no because I finally felt safe enough to do that. The posture tends to be toward a posture of shame, um, not quite erect, but slightly slumped with a slight collapse in the mid-torso, tail tucked in, head lowered. Um, movements such as expansion and reaching out are limited or blocked, right? So, um, and so there, there's this tightness, there's this resistance, okay? Um, and then they will result psychologically in this history of having their unique acts and expressions punished or claimed by someone else. So if you find someone has a pattern of, oh my gosh, people, I, every time I have a business partner, they steal my ideas and they screw me over. That's this pattern, okay? All things like that are created by you in some way. Anytime, even if it looks like it has nothing, oh, I'm a total victim of this guy, came out of nowhere and look for it. Look for it, you will find the pattern. It's not your fault. It's not about fault. Don't let your mind go there but it is about responsibility and finding out that you are in control of things like that in your life is the best news I can possibly give you, right? What I train people to do is to see why they're experiencing these things over and over again. Why do I always get stuck at six figures and I can't seem to break into seven? There's a pattern there. Clear the pattern and sky's the limit financially, right? This happens in every area of life because it's following you and you are in every area of life. So it, it tends psychologically with these because there's so much no in the system and armoring in the body, it feels like you have one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake. And that's what life used to feel like all the time for me. I just couldn't get any momentum to go anywhere. I really, really couldn't. And, and also, because the, the core issue here is um, 
is invasion, it makes them very difficult to, to help heal, right? Because any help that you say, oh, here, try this. Nope, absolutely not. I will not do that, right? There's resistance to everything, including help. So it tends to be the type of thing that's difficult to work with as a, a healer because um, you don't, you, 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 the help feels invasive, right? It feels like an invasion. You can't tell the difference between um, help and invasion. Okay. Um, and so it's really about uh, control. And then there's also a big piece around humiliation. Okay. Um, the beliefs around of enduring pattern people arise mainly out of control, of being controlled and humiliated. Some of their typical beliefs are, I can't win. Life is hard. I have to carry it all. The illusion of the enduring pattern is I'm trying to please you. People in this survival pattern often sincerely believe that they're trying to please you, not realizing that they're also inwardly resisting you. This is another manifestation of their basic strategy of outward compliance and inner resistance. Outward compliance, foot on the gas. Inner resistance, foot on the brake. Fears. This feels significant. The biggest fear for enduring patterned people is the fear of being, quote, messed with by others. I have clients this is reminding me of. To protect themselves, they try to both fly under the radar and physically get away from others. They fear that if they are found and exposed, they will again be hurt and humiliated. They also fear personal success since they believe that the attention it would attract would lead to being invaded, humiliated, or punished. So they avoid it by any means possible, including self-sabotage. What did I just say? Regardless of what your problem is, relationships, money, success, fulfillment, spirituality, doesn't matter. It comes down to self-sabotage. I've done this for a long time. I've never found it. I've done this. I've seen this work thousands of times and I've never seen it not work in those 15 years. Um, so the psychological defenses, hiding, enduring, enduring as in just like taking it. You know what? I'll just, I'll just sit through, right? That's the, um, I'll hurt you by hurting me, right? So you're, by, by virtue of being enduring, you're enduring something unpleasant, right? You're enduring something that your system doesn't naturally want to endure. Resistance, passive aggression. If, if passive aggressive is something that you come across, <clears throat> then that is absolutely this, um, this character structure as well. Uh, self-negation, right? The turning of person's will against their own impulses and actions. I will defeat myself before you can defeat me. Self-negation. I'm going to read this out. The signature psychological defense of the enduring pattern is self-negation, the turning of the person's will against their own impulses and actions. This is the core of this pattern's survival strategy. In effect, the person says, I will defeat myself before you can defeat me. I will make myself lose small before you can make me lose big. How does that feel to hear? I will defeat myself before you can defeat me. Okay, self-sabotage, another big one. Here he talks about the inner critic. Since any person's inner, inner critic is made up of the recorded voices of their parents and caregivers, it acts and sounds much like they did. 
When an enduring patterned person is attacked by the inner critic, the attack will usually sound something like, you don't deserve anything. You're a loser and a failure. You're nothing. Of course, this makes the person feel small and ashamed and want to hide. My um, inner monologue used to be constant, absolutely fucking constant. The voices were, were nonstop. And now they are completely and totally not there anymore. Honest to God, if I'm not having an actual thought, and you know, it'll come back in a little bit for like a few days or a couple weeks at a time if I'm going through something, but my default is now my mind is silent unless I'm having a thought. <clears throat> So I want to go over this part because it's very important. This is how you recreate your early wounding, okay? As with all survival patterns, and this is really important because whatever pattern you have, you're recreating something that you experienced when you were a kid, okay? That's the nature of the defense. In a way, and there's a wonderful Pathwork lecture on this. Um, Look up Pathwork lectures, uh, Pathwork International pathwork.org, I think might be the the website. I guess I should probably, if I'm going to say it, I should probably. um, um, This is actually where, yeah, International Pathwork Foundation, pathwork.org, all one word. Obviously, it's a website, but it's all one word anyway. And it's based on these 200, um, and I think 70, 256 lectures that were channeled, okay, by a woman named Eva Paracas. This is where I I started my work um, uh, 16, 17 years ago. Um, And one of the lectures is called um, the, The Compulsion to Recreate and Overcome Childhood Hurts. And what it describes is the way that we keep, we saw what happened as a, as a child as something we failed to do or we weren't good enough or we, um, we couldn't win, right? And so what we do is we, in adulthood, we continuously recreate the same situation over and over again and try to win. <clears throat> and by definition, that's impossible because you can't win because you never lost, <laughs> Your childhood just was what it was. But because you were a child and you drew the conclusion from it that you drew, you think that it's something that you did, which means something that you can fix. And so why do you keep marrying men who remind you of your father? Why do you keep dating women who remind you of your mother? Um, why do you keep having bosses that have the same, uh, the same pattern, right? Why do you um, continuously find yourself in the same situation? This is why. You are compulsively, subconsciously, obviously, but you are compulsively recreating um, the childhood experiences and trying to overcome them. This time, dad will definitely see me. He, he won't. And the way you set it up, by, by definition, kind of, it ends up needing to fail. It's impossible to, to win. So I recommend that lecture very much, um, the compulsion to recreate and overcome childhood hurts. So this is how uh, this particular wounding pattern does this, okay? As with all the survival patterns, enduring pattern people tend to recreate their own early wounding by the very things they do to try to keep themselves safe. This is so important. Listen in. This process is unconscious, of course, but by maintaining the kinds of relationships and experiences they had in childhood, it is very effective in perpetuating the overall pattern. 
This is part of how the survival patterns become self-perpetuating. They partially solve the old problem, but also recreate it, which continues the cycle. If they simply solved the old problem, it would be gone and the need for a survival strategy would disappear. The person would then be healed and return to simply being present. However, the survival patterns grow out of survival strategies that did not manage to complete such a complete healing, but rather recreated the wounding situation along with their defenses against it. This is why we have patterns in our lives, people. For for instance, enduring pattern people want to have a space around themselves, like a moat around a castle. They want a big space free of all intrusions but they do not occupy or claim that space themselves since claiming anything is exactly what drew attention and punishment during childhood. So they see what they want. They they know how to get what they want, but they can't do it because they weren't allowed. Okay, so their wrist got slapped. Instead, they pull their attention in and shrink their energy field as much as possible to avoid drawing attention to themselves. The problem, of course is that leaving the space around them unfulfilled and unclaimed leads other people to think no one lives there. So others tend to move in on them without even realizing it. Others think, oh, you're not using that space, so it's free for me to use. In this way, their attempts to avoid invasion actually draws invasion to them. This is one of an infinite number of examples of why this this happens for all of us, why patterns are there, um, why our desire to keep ourselves safe from something actually draws it to us like a magnet, okay? But most of the time, the current feeling of oppression comes not from the outside, but from the inside, from their own will opposing them. Remember that in their final attempt to protect themselves, they became their own oppressor. They turned their own will against their own self and began negating themselves, defeating themselves before someone else could, okay? And so they continuously feel oppressed. So, huh, I'm going to bring this up. Romance, okay? Love relationships bring another fear for enduring patterned people. The fear that the love offered to them will come at a high price. They fear that it will cost them their autonomy and that being loved means being invaded, controlled, and disempowered. One way they handle this fear is to simply refuse love, taking the stance that one of, my, one of his clients described as, I'm on strike. I'm not letting any love in. You have to love me and make me receive it, and I refuse to receive it. The other way they handle their fear and that love will disempower them is to accept the love, but disempower themselves by being passive and submissive in the relationship. Again, this recreates their situation in childhood and validates their fear. At the same time, they're very loyal in general. Um, And they can endure a great deal of hardship. Okay. Since they can endure a great deal of hardship, they may become the suffering wife or husband who stays in the relationship far too long. Uh, sexuality, he says, this is interesting. He says they may experience sex more as work than pleasure as one more way that they're expected to serve someone else's agenda. And they may feel inadequate in this realm also. And they may prefer to be sexually submissive. Although I've seen both. Okay. So what happens here is that they, they, um, 
So they're, they've, they're in this state of resistance, right? And they've got all this anger and they're really fucking pissed. These people are very, very, very angry. I had so much anger, I can't even tell you. And I was terrified of it. I never got angry. I went for 13 years, actually, without getting angry. I just didn't even feel it. I didn't even know that I was, right? It was totally, actually, absolutely not there. And so when I... um when I finally did start to get angry, I really had to look for it and dig. So the, the pattern of the, of the enduring character is they want to release that anger. Naturally, when you feel angry, you need to get angry, right? Not directed at someone because your anger isn't about anyone else. It's sparked by them, but you're carrying it. Otherwise, their comment or whatever they, their action did wouldn't have made you angry. So other people don't make you feel angry. Other people don't make you feel anything right? You don't make any, anybody else feel anything, right? You live your life, you interact with others and in a combination of how you act and what they're carrying on their end, uh, a result is, um, a result happens, right? But it's not, you know, I hear guys uh, in relationships say things like, oh, I just want her to love herself, right? I just want her to be, I just want to make her happy. You cannot, my love. Either you standing there makes her the happiest woman on earth or there's nothing you can do. But you cannot take, that's not true. (laughs) People do it every day. It's not useful for you to take responsibility for someone else's emotional state. You can support her. You can tell her that you love her if you do. But for example, people who like won't break up with their partners because they don't want to hurt them. That's some bullshit right there. Like that person that you're with doesn't want to be with someone who genuinely loves them. What favors do you think you're doing? You're not. You're copping out because you're afraid of the the feelings you're going to feel when you hurt someone, right? And that is unpleasant, but it's just discomfort. It's not going to hurt you, right? Don't be afraid of of emotions that people label as, as negative or that are uncomfortable. Just let yourself feel uncomfortable. How does my body feel when I'm uncomfortable? Boy, I'm really afraid. I'm breaking up with her and I'm really feeling afraid. Okay, feel the fear. Okay. Still breathing. Still breathing. Okay. And if you do that, then every time the discomfort will go and it's actually going. You're not denying it. You're letting it do its thing and then it will move on its own. Emotions move. Okay. They never, they never stay unless you hold them or you block them, which brings me beautifully back to the masochist who both holds and blocks his. Okay. And so, but the anger is still there. Can't let it out because it's not safe. He'll get in trouble and, 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 um, he'll be, he'll be humiliated. Right. So he cannot let it out, but it's still there and it's piling up and piling up and piling up. So what they do is they tend to provoke right? They'll poke people, right? They're, uh, the passive aggressive does that a little bit, right? The um, just, just provoking little, little comments, little, you know, little jibes, little things that come out from the side, right? And what they do is they try, they provoke the other person until the other post person loses their shit because that's what tends to happen when you provoke someone long enough. And then they have a right to get angry and retaliate. So they've created this situation in which they can, um, they can, they've created a situation where it's safe to release the anger because if someone's attacking me, oh, I will fucking slaughter you, 
right? That's, that's easy to access, but they need the permission. And the attack from the other is permission. So they provoke, subconsciously, they provoke the attack so they can release the anger and feel better, okay? So if you recognize that behavior in yourself or in others, just know that's what's going on there. What's the solution there? You need a healthy way to express anger. If you are uncertain of what that is, please reach out to me and I will share some core energetics exercises with you that will give you a safe way to um, release the anger. I don't mean safe like, oh, you're gonna hurt yourself. Although also, but like it needs a container to move through. Really what I recommend people do if they have a lot of anger is book a session with me. And in one session, we can clear it, right? Like we can move through so much shit because it ends up just like kind of taking over a little bit. Um, and then once it's out, then that, that part of that anger is not there anymore. Like it doesn't come back. There might be more, but that's what I did in the beginning is it took me a long time to even get angry. And I mean like in a session with a, with a healer. <clears throat> Finally, I did. And I got angry and angry and angry. And then like after a while, I just like, now I'm just not, I'm not that angry anymore. Nothing really upsets me that much. Every once in a while, maybe, but it's rare. And it used to not be rare at all because I was carrying all that shit around. So all you had to do was poke it and boom, there's a thing, right? But now, you know, stuff that used to piss me off and I'd just be like, all right, that's, that's how it is. And I'm not, I'm not covering anything. I'm not like pretending it's okay when it's not. Don't think that that's, you know, that means you're not angry. You probably are. And that's okay. Nothing wrong with anger. Anger is very sacred. A lot of power in anger. There's also, because I was denying myself anger for so long, I lost, um, I didn't lose it, but I was disconnected from my power for many years. And so um, what I would do, and so when I began, part of the reason I think I was resistant to feeling the anger is that I, um, I was afraid of the power. I didn't know how to hold it because I hadn't grown up holding that space comfortably. So when I got, finally did get angry, um, I, I, I found a lot of power, that's sexuality, that self-confidence, that self-esteem, that's, um, self-love. There's a lot of life force that's locked up in, um, in your anger. Okay. So getting yourself out of the enduring pattern. So the first thing to do to get out of the pattern is become present again, right? You have to come because the, the pattern is, is not in the, the, the here and now, or the pattern is, is coming from uh, a part of you that is not in the here and now, okay? Um, So here are the signs that you're in the enduring pattern. If you're just hunkered down and just enduring the situation, I'll just put up with it. I'll just put up with it. If you feel heavy and stuck, if your attitude is, you can't make me, if you resist every suggestion and action, even ones that originally came from you. I remember doing that too. This is what I said in the beginning. It's hard for them to, to heal because they don't want the help. Or if you are sabotaging your own goals. Solution. You need to get your energy moving again and reclaim your space. Okay? So here are some exercises. Move your body, especially your hips. The movement of your body will get your energy moving. Uh, I will add, if you don't go to the gym and you're identifying with this, go to the gym. It moves your body. 
Okay. And, and moving, it probably won't feel good initially because what all you want to do is sit down and endure, but it will loosen things up and get them moving. Okay. Which is, which helps to shift you out of it. Shift your attention from hunkering down and resisting to letting your life energy flow outward. Okay. So here's some exercises. Stand up and move your hips, walk, run, dance, jump up and down. I like putting a favorite song on and just like, like, I'll just kill it in my, in my living room, like dancing all over the place. Great. Whatever feels good. Okay. Um, notice the energy starting to flow through your body. Let your feelings and emotions flow too. Um, fill your space, let your energy flow out from you in all directions until it completely fills your space. Once you fill the space with your energy, claim it. This is mine. I claim it as my own. Okay. So the enduring pattern person needs to develop autonomy and self-confidence so they can complete the tasks of separation and individuation. So this is about healing the place where your your, um, uh, healthy development got distorted, got stuck, right? So here it's around separation and individuation. So that's what you need to do now. To do that, they need to turn their personal will around from pulling in and down in self-negation to pushing up and out in self-expression and action. This will allow them to bring their energy back up out of the ground and use it to take action in the world, okay? Remember that stuckness is because um, you're not expressing yourself. So try to exaggerate the expression. And they also need to, com- to claim their own space and defend it from intrusion. <clears throat> okay. Um, so first and foremost, get your energy moving. Um, 30 minutes of exercise. That's what I just said. Love this. <laughs> you know, you're on the same page. Enduring pattern people um, find that doing this in the morning makes the rest of their day flow much more easily. Okay. Defend your space and boundaries. You need to learn about healthy boundaries. You might have no boundaries at all, or you may have overcompensated boundaries that are where there's like force, you know, to hold them. <clears throat> Both are distorted. Um, um, it also says, uh, he's also talking about moving toward a goal. Enduring pattern people need to learn to move proactively rather than only reactively learn to direct their energy toward accomplishing their own agenda instead of just resisting the agendas of others. So partially this may be difficult if this is something that you experience because you may not know what your agenda is because you've been so busy trying to resist everybody else's. So it's about, in a way, it's about turning the awareness inward. The energy needs to come out with the, you know, expressing yourself, but the awareness can turn inward of like, who am I anyway? If I could be anyone I wanted to be, who would I be? Ask yourself that right now. This pattern, the healing response to this pattern is freedom. That's what this pattern needs, loves and wants, but never got. He didn't have the space to be himself, right? So, so things like, um, like, who am I? <clears throat> and that used to be something I did not even want to sit with. It didn't feel good to sit with it because I had no fucking clue who I was, right? But I needed to ask the question. <clears throat> Let's say you could be anybody you want to be. Who would you like to be right now? Right? Listen to that voice of the inner critic. Okay? And then everybody has this. But the voice of their inner critic 
you need to recognize and realize that that's not your voice. That's not who you are. All the things that you see is going wrong in your life. I hear this all the time. Well, that's just how it is. Well, that's just who I am. It is as long as you say that bullshit, stop that immediately. That is not true at all. You are a pure being of love and light. That is the actual reality here. Can you see that right now? Probably not. I can train you to see that if that's what you want. And and I see that myself and others in a daily basis now. As a default, I have to work to not see that. So that's the way you're, that's, that's the effortless way that your system naturally wants to be, right? If you're anything else, then you're defending yourself and you don't actually need to, but it feels like you do. So that's okay, right? Nothing's wrong with any of this. This is all as it should be. But the room is here to experience yourself, to really ask yourself, who am I? Imagine I could be absolutely anyone, right? Whatever voice is coming in right now, just push that to the side, let that go, come back to the present moment. The voices in your head are not in the here and now. That means they don't exist. They can be turned off. They can be turned down like a dial. Any thoughts about the past? That's not real. Any thoughts about the future? That's not real. All of these things are little tactics to keep you out of the present moment because sometimes the present moment gets a little uncomfortable. But the payoff is way worse. (laughs) Okay? So this this is a powerful character structure, the enduring one. Okay? If you're hearing this and there's resistance everywhere, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Just, just start moving yourself, create a little pattern of, or a little habit, right? Of how to move, of, of ways to move. This is what I want to do. I want to do this in the mornings. Great, whatever you want. And, um, and, and just know that this is a habit that you've gotten yourself into. Yes, it runs very deep and it might be difficult to see it as a behavioral pattern. It just looks like how life is. It is not accurate, okay? Your body shape can change. Mine has totally shifted, right? I weigh, I weigh, I don't know, many tens of pounds uh, less than I did um, before and all I was doing was this work, right? So, so your, your physical body is not who you are, right? Your tone of voice will change. Your confidence level, your skin, your, um, your, your um, success, right? Um, Your level of fulfillment, your level of spiritual connection, all of these things are in your control to fix. You just need to learn how. This is, you know, in that uh, one episode, I I compared you to a really fancy, fancy, um, technologically advanced automobile. You're driving the world's sexiest fucking race car, you know, and you, you haven't read the owner's manual and you can't figure out why you're not on the track in the race with other people. And it's because you're using the, you know, you're trying to steer with the rear view mirror instead of the steering wheel, right? I'm going to show you how to operate your vehicle. That's it, right? This is what you're asking your vehicle to do without even realizing it. That's okay. It's not who you are. It's not inevitable. You can give up and resign yourself and decide that life's going to be like this for forever. But please know that that is your decision. If you make a different one and you reach out to me, I can help you create a very, very different life. So please know that that's within your capacity. In fact, really, it's your destiny. It's, it is your natural. This is returning you to your natural state. 
right? And I don't teach anybody to be anything other than what they naturally are, but I can help you see the difference between your defenses and your authentic being. My name is Dominique True. Thank you so much for joining me. Please uh, download and subscribe to the podcast. Um, if you are interested in working with me, please visit me at dominiedrew.com or reach out to me on Facebook. And, um, and I would really love to help. I'm now offering individual sessions. So up until now, it's for the last few years, it's only been possible to work with me in a group format. So it's been um, upwards about three to $5,000 to work with me. And now I'm doing sessions for only 200, just for a limited amount of time one-on-one sessions. So if you've been thinking about it for a while, you're not, you weren't really sure what to do, or you're not sure, even sure how I could help you reach out. Uh, let's get on the phone. And, um, and now's a really great time to do that in the most affordable way possible. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Art of Attraction. This is Dominique Drew signing off and reminding you that if you love this podcast, please hit that subscribe button, rate us five stars, and most importantly, share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. See you next time.